And I started doing some business consulting. And it was at that time, I met a gentleman at a networking group by the name of Paul Bailey. And we were at this networking group and we had um, we met afterwards and had lunch and we said, man, there sure are a lot of takers in that group. Just a lot of people, dingalings that want, they want to lead, you know, but that they don't want to reciprocate. Right. And uh, we call those leg humpers. That's one way to put it for sure. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I guess that, that probably won't play on the true man podcast, but it definitely plays right here. <laughs> yeah, it's it is. Oh, yeah, it does. Welcome to the small business safari where I help guide you to avoid those traps pitfalls and dangers that lurk when navigating the wild world of small business ownership i'll share those gold nuggets of information and invite guests to help accelerate your ascent to that mountaintop of success it's a jungle out there and i want to help you traverse through the levels of owning your own business that can get you bogged down and distract you from hitting your own personal and professional goals so strap in adventure team and let's take a ride through the safari and get you to the mountaintop Here we go, Small Business Safari, and here's the episode title. I don't know where this is going to go, but we might as well give it a shot. And Mike says, well, I'll follow your lead. I'm like, hey, don't know if you want to do that just yet, big guy, but we're going to do it anyway. Let's do it. All right, we're on. So we've had quite a day getting ready for this, so we got to cheers. Cheers. <laughs> I'm we drinking we earned this one. <laughs> yeah, between uh, a water leak in the house, chasing away feral cats, and then busting a couple beers wide open, we are that now ready to fault. rock and roll. It was your fault. The, the cardboard was a little soft. I should I pulled a, a 12 pack out of your fridge and it wow. just dumped on the ground. I love that. We goes, this isn't that a total kid response right there. I didn't um, do it. It was it. my fault. I didn't uh, do it. But the cardboard was wet. Um, well, uh, no, I did it. Oh, okay. And I'm still spitting out glass out of my beer, but you know what? No, I did it. I made a huge mess. Isn't that funny? I really like, feel bad. Have you ever chipped a bottle at a bar and you're like, I'm still going to drink it? Because yeah. the- there were probably about eight, nine, ten places in there. I could have said that's what she said, and yeah. I held back the entire time. <laughs> awesome. And there he is, Mike Van Pelt from the True Man podcast. Not the false man. Not the I almost was true man. Not the I didn't tell you the total truth man. He's from the True Man podcast. The yeah. vague man. <laughs> the vague man. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Looking forward to uh, digging in, just kind of seeing where we go and. Well, he, he said he'd follow our lead. So here we go. <laughs> the last time somebody told me that on my show, it didn't work out so great. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we digress. So I had a chance to go on Mike's uh, podcast uh, um, quite a while ago now, a year and a half ago. And I had it was on St. Patrick's Day a year ago, actually. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And he said, man, I really enjoyed this. This is good. I said, all right, I'll get you on my podcast. Uh, and so here we are a year and a half later. I said, hey, oh, Mike, I have an opening. No, I didn't. <laughs> I've, I've talked to everybody oh, I know. Me, you're making me feel really important right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Everybody I know said no. Can yeah. you please come right. on? Yeah. And then, and then we also told her right before we get on. And by the, and we were sharing stories about you know you got to be an interesting guest, guys. You guys are all listening in on this, and you're maybe in your cars, maybe you're going for a walk, maybe you're hitting hard at the gym, listening to the podcast. Which I don't ever do that, but. um you're listening to this. You got to have some fun. That's why we're here, right? Have some fun with it. So what we said is, Mike, if you're not fun, it's a hard out of 25, buddy. So let's uh, let's make it fun. And he's like, okay, no pressure. Guys. I'm feeling a lot of pressure right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, uh, before I get going, uh, where the hell are you from originally? Well, it's funny. I grew up in central Iowa. I grew uh, up in farming country. Now, I was a city kid, believe it or not, in a little town of 13,000 people, if you can call that a city kid. So I grew up in Iowa. 
bounced around a little bit. My wife and I, after we got married, uh, well, I, I, I went down to Arkansas, spent three years down there going to school, went back up to Iowa, met my wife, and then we got married and left there, went to Texas for nine years, landed in South Carolina for 14 years. What and part? now I've been in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, Spartanburg, Greenville, Spartanburg area. Nice. Nice area, man. Yeah. The Home, Beacon. Yeah. The, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Have you been I, to the Beacon? I, no. What's the Beacon? It, it almost. I, makes, I would. It's like the Varsity. Well, except for it's the Varsity on steroids, in my oh, opinion. Yeah. Well, yeah. All, right, all right. So for our for our listeners in Australia and Tan, and uh, Tasmania, all fifteen continents, you right. should probably flesh this out a little bit. Yeah, I know it. Fifteen continents. <laughs> I love that. You've added a lot of continents to it. But all right. So what is the Beacon? Well, it's uh, a heart attack uh, on a plate. Is really. <laughs> It's, uh, you know, they, it's one of these uh, real, uh, I've only been there once, believe it or not. After all those years I was there, I went there because the food's not so healthy. But I mean, it's, it's, oh, it's not it's, healthy at all. You mean, no. Yeah. Excuse me. You, you mean, know, you ain't frying it. You ain't eating uh, it. So it's it, this massive building. And by the way, it is big. Yeah. Presidential candidates that come yeah. to South Carolina stop at the Beacon. And they used to have this guy. Did you ever go there when there was the guy that JJ, called the orders? JJ, JJ was the guy's name. Yeah, he he would shout at you, uh, you know, if you didn't get your order in right away. So you know, what, Waffle so? or at, not Waffle House at the Varsity, there's right. the whole line of people, and they're going, "What do you have? What do you have? What do you have?" Here, the entire line funneled through JJ. Yeah, and he had his own language because he'd been working there for fifty years. Yeah, and so you would order, you know, I'll have the fried shrimp platter and fries, and he would turn around and say something that you had no idea what he said yeah. but the the crew knew it and it was part of the deal i love it he was he was blind too was he really yeah yeah i don't know if his whole life but towards the tail end of his life he couldn't <laughs> see but he was still working until the day he died really so, yeah i wonder if it, you get you got to go to the beach all right i'm gonna you know i can't tell you how many times i've been to green i mean any Park, restaurant but, that has uh, uh on their menu uh a plate of plenty uh you, you're filling up on something you know <laughs> So I would ask you what your proudest moment is, but everybody, blah, 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 my kids, blah, 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 my marriage, whatever. Come on. You know what? Give me something unique. And Mike has a unique, really cool thing that he did. He mentioned, ah, I was in Arkansas. Is it the, being the international bestseller? He is the international bestseller, <laughs> yeah. but he is an author. I, I'm not, uh, I, you know, I guess I could say I was an international seller. You're an I'm international just, seller. I, I'm just missing the best part. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I did sell a couple of books in Spain and in England. I know that because they contacted me, but yeah, not exactly best. All right. Here's what Mike, you just said, you know, I happen to be in Arkansas for just a couple of years. Uh, so Mike, did you go to the university of Arkansas? I did go to the university of Arkansas. And what did you do there? Uh, so extracurricular uh, wise besides studying and drinking blah blah actually blah, blah, blah. yeah well that was good and right there in lies the problem that was all the no for uh I, I was down in arkansas during the early 90s and i was a manager on the basketball team while nola richardson was there oh. and um so spent um three years basically with a top 10 college uh basketball program they and went really, back to back right yeah, well, listen, here's the funny thing. I, I did not get to go to a Final Four. So I was inches away from a Final Four. Uh, the first year I was there, we played uh, Kansas in the Elite Eight and to go to the Final Four. You know, the, the one thing that sticks out in my mind is before you play that game, uh, you, you have your practice, and then they take you in the locker room and they measure you for a ring. 
Wow. Which is, which is nice. Yeah. If you get one, I mean, you know, but if you don't get to the final four, they give you this nice NCAA watch. Uh, oh. Yeah. You didn't get so, measured for the watch. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, we led uh, all the that entire game, and then uh, with less, I don't know, less than two minutes left to play, Kansas came back and beat us, so I didn't get to go to a Final Four, but I was at the Elite Eight um, and um, got to experience three NCAA tournaments, which is uh, um, pretty incredible. In fact, I was on the – I was there when we transitioned from the Southwest Conference to the SEC. I was on the actual last – Southwest Conference Championship team, and then the year after we came to the SEC, we won the SEC, the first Southeast Conference Championship team. How about I just, that? I just thought it was cool because um, I was in Charlotte uh, at the time where Arkansas Beehive. went to the Final Four, and yep, and they came, and uh, my buddy was working in the AD department and got me a ticket to the championship game when Clinton showed up, uh, and I was able yeah. to, uh, and that's the first time back in the nineties. Now it's the security we all just expect. But when you didn't expect it, you had to go through all this stuff. And here yeah. I am, this, yep. this lowly little college kid. And I got a ticket. I was up in the bleeds when I was there. And I and I remember Nolan Richardson and the Arkansas Razorbacks. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was cool. I mean, Clinton was there. I mean, again, I, I thought that was cool, too. So anyway, th- I thought that was pretty interesting. And, I, and so did that. It was, a good, the, it was a good experience. You yeah. know, did you? Uh, so, and, and that's why it was three years. Not I thought maybe he just accelerated and studied through quickly. No. Yeah, that's a whole other. (laughs) I actually went back later in life and uh, completed uh, not only my undergraduate degree, but but got my master's degree. I did that a little later in life when I decided to wise up and mature. Nice. Well, that's good. Uh, I'm still working on that part, the wising up and maturing. But uh, someday I'm I'm, I'm, I'm looking to be like that. There's still time, Chris. So, Mike, uh, in, in now you're you're doing business coaching. You've got the uh, True Man podcast. Uh, and so why don't you tell us all a little bit more about that, and then we'll back up a little bit and how the heck you got to that anyway. Do you have what it takes to start your own business? Are you tired of the nine-to-five corporate job and ready to make that leap into entrepreneurship? You need to check out From the Zoo to the Wild. The book by successful entrepreneur, Chris Lalomia. This book is a unique perspective on the journey into the wild world of home services and delivering excellence in service while working in customers' homes. Lalomia shares his path to success in this industry, including proven customer relationship strategies, award-winning customer experience processes, and a unique approach to training a team of service technicians to perform at the highest levels. Whether you're a small business trying to scale or a franchise operation, From the Zoo to the Wild will give you the mindset, habits, leadership style, and customer-oriented processes to succeed as a small business owner in the world of home services. So if you're ready to take control of your future, get a copy of From the Zoo to the Wild today, available on Amazon. <laughs> well, I, 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 I have to tell you how I got into it in order to tell you why I'm even doing it, really. is it, Will that work for you? Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, I had several years of sales and, and business experience um, and, and 
there was a certain point where I wasn't really feeling totally fulfilled in it. Um, and um, I was in insurance and financial services for a while, and I went to uh, a leadership course that they put on. It was over six months, and it was absolutely fantastic. And when I got done with it, I was like, what the heck do I want to do? And then I looked around and realized, you know, you keep telling your kids that it's important to get a good education and you didn't complete yours, you know, because you were having way too much fun at practice and in the bars uh, when you were in Arkansas. So I went back, uh, worked with a, somebody, and I decided to go back and complete my college education. Um, and then once I got my undergraduate degree, I tried to go back out in the workforce and everybody was like, well, you've been a stay-at-home dad and you're in this little town of Spartanburg, South Carolina. I don't have anything for you. And um, um, I had been doing tons of stuff in the nonprofit arena, very active in my church. And um, I, I love nonprofits. I love what they do um, and what they bring to the table. And I thought, man, you're probably headed down the road of becoming an executive director of a nonprofit. But what do those guys, what do the executive directors have that you don't? And I'm like, well, I got to get my master's degree. So I went back and got my master's degree just to further confuse everybody uh, in the workplace. And I was really not having any success. Spartanburg, South Carolina, wonderful place to live, heavy manufacturing, home of BMW North America, heavy manufacturing. I'm not a heavy manufacturing guy, right? I need more white collar stuff. And I was really... uh, not having much success. And it was during that time I said to myself, you got the knowledge and the skills and the ability to do this on your own. Just do it. Just take the leap. And I started doing some business consulting. And it was at that time I met a gentleman at a networking group by the name of Paul Bailey. And we were at this networking group and we had um, we met afterwards and had lunch. And we said, man, there sure are a lot of takers in that group. Just a lot of people dinglings that want they want to lead you know but that they don't want to reciprocate right and uh, we call those leg humpers that's one way to put it for sure thank you uh, yeah. i guess that that probably won't play on the true man podcast but it definitely plays right here <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, yeah it does it's visual it's a little it's okay it's, it's okay dog. i'm with himself I'm on with, your leg and you can't just, shake it off i just had him i just had one of those happen to get him like dude we got it we got to stop Affleck, I'm, i got it i know what the i know it i know it <laughs> i've already i've already said no you just started your business the last thing i'm going to do is go with somebody who just started at Affleck that i don't even know right, right so all right yeah. so you met paul bailey who is not so i met i met paul and we decided we were going to start our own networking group. And strangely enough, we didn't even get that off the ground. And he's like, hey, maybe we should do a men's small group. I'm like, you know, that 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 sounds really interesting. And um, so we decided to start a men's small group. And honestly, that's really where my life began to change because we were, we were having these great, uh, intimate conversations. And it was really when I went away to a retreat weekend. I, I've never gone to a retreat in my life. And I was at this retreat weekend with uh, 300 other men in Virginia, Goshen, Virginia. And uh, it was a Saturday morning and the, the guy comes out and says, we're going to play three worship songs this morning. You know, and I, I think of these songs being sung to you uh, from, from God. And so they played a song by Josh Groban. I'd never heard before it's called your love. And it was really in that moment. I heard God speak to me and I am, and my relationship with him began to change. And my life began to change. And what I realized by being involved in men's small group and going to this retreat was that, you know, a lot of men are just walking around 
just lost trying to figure it all out. And I looked around the, I was not a huge fan of calling myself a coach. I'll be honest, but cause anybody can do it, <laughs> but they can't. That's the problem. They can't. Uh, and I didn't see a lot of guys supporting guys. And I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. And so I started to head down that path. And then we had this wonderful thing called COVID uh, jump in the middle of everything. And, you know, that, that one really threw me a curveball. <laughs> I got to be honest. But in the middle of that, my wife lost her job. Um, and we had to make, you know, lemonade out of lemons. And I happened to meet somebody online who had a coaching company. And I'm like, this is what I really want to do. I like what you're doing. And so we started talking. I went through his training and he said to me, Hey, have you ever done a podcast? And I'm like, no, but we've joked about it. You know, it seems like a good thing to do. And so we started the pod. I started the podcasting before I actually ever started the coaching. I didn't start the coaching piece of it until we moved and relocated to Atlanta because you know, anybody that's ever moved knows that it takes, you know, a lot of work to get that done. And that, that was kind of, um, what I headed up so my wife could start her new job. So that's how it all started, how it all came together. And I love it. And yeah. You know, you mentioned the nonprofit thing. We had a, a guest on Paul Sansone, who was, uh, the boys and girls CFO boys and girls club of America CFO for three years. He said, did you know that Atlanta is a hotbed and a, a place for nonprofit organizations? And this was something that Atlanta intentionally did, not only through the chamber, but through the organ- the companies that are here. So SunTrust Banks, where I worked, uh, Coca-Cola, UPS, all got yep. together and they said, and Home Depot, uh, the Blanks uh, and Bernie Marcus. So we're going to start to attract nonprofits down here. And sure enough, there are a lot of nonprofit uh, companies that are headquartered here in Atlanta doing well, their operations. Yeah. I, I, it, that's funny. You just say that I've noticed that, um, of course, boys and girls clubs right down in, is it midtown? I think they're, they're headquartered there. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. Um, I, my wife and I both had been involved in a lot of nonprofits back in South Carolina and we moved here. I'm like, Holy cow, how do you even maneuver an environment like Atlanta and, and do anything? And, uh, interestingly enough, enough, I met a gentleman, uh, I live in Kennesaw, met a gentleman in, uh, who said, Hey, have you been to the North Cobb Rotary? And I had people talk to me about Rotary before, but I never, I never moved on it. And, um, I went to that group and, and absolutely fantastic growing group of people that are really involved in the community. And I thought, well, there's my way to get involved in the, you know, in the nonprofit community. And it's, so that was one of the first things I did when we moved here is join North Cobb Rotary. And I, I'm so glad that I did just tremendous people. Um, and I think we're up to almost 80 members in our group. So um, we have a nice size group. Um, uh, and uh, that that's, so that's been good. That way I kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on in our, our own community. I think a big point that uh, again comes up and it's a common thread we've heard is that when you're trying to start your own business, okay, in this case, we're, we're talking about coaching or um, speaking or perhaps uh, launching a book, the way to do it through networking. You know, we got to get out there. Oh. Obviously, you listen to Mike, he's got a personality. He doesn't Man. mind pressing the flesh and talking to people, but, you know, getting into the rotary, uh, trying some other things, you know, getting with other people, that's been a path to success. And it goes back to, you know, the old trite phrase, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And uh, it, but, but that does ring. 
It does. And uh, Mike mentioned something just a second ago that's really resonating with me. You went to that retreat and there's all these guys that are lost. And there's some pretty staggering statistics out there as yeah. to how few close friends men have today. And just compared to yeah. like 1990, the number. So most guys don't even have three or four close friends anymore. And so if you're thinking about starting a business and you don't even have a personal network, and I think with yeah. know, COVID didn't help and social yeah. media doesn't help. And so people are just getting further and further isolated. So uh, yeah, networking is a huge thing and it's, it's not the easiest thing for some people to do. No, there's a great book out there, you know, networking for the introvert. Uh, I forget who authored it, but it, it's still, it's so important because you get that group uh, and you, you actually just hit on something. You're right. I skipped right over the fact that he um, got closer to God and, you know, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was it's like, a small where's, thing. Where's, where's, God noticed. Yeah. All right. Well, at least he did. Yeah, well, I, when, I didn't want to step on that one. Again, true man. Hence his water leak. And the beer leak and the hissing cats. I mean, come on, what more sign do you want, Chris? This, this has been one of those days where he's like, hey, buddy. Perhaps perhaps it's time. Perhaps it's time to go back in person to church as opposed to watching the 30-minute mass on mornings. So I, I get so used to that. You know, the Catholics, uh, they have the morning mass on Sunday mornings now for 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, I love this. I told my dad. Do you play it at one and a half speed? Huh? No, I, I no. But check this out. That is the best cup of coffee in bathroom break I've ever had. Oh. For thirty. <laughs> if you've ever been wow. doing a Catholic mass, you know, like when I, we go, uh, the kids are always like, "I gotta go to the bathroom." Oh, th this one hour, all of a sudden, bathrooms <laughs> are—it's like rampant, yeah. right? And they're gone, and they're like, "What'd you do? Get lost?" <laughs> no, you know what you're doing. I'm like, "Hey, listen, kid. I went to Catholic school all my life. I know the drill." <laughs> so all right back to uh mike <laughs> sorry and so is so as you're getting out there and you're getting coaching clients you're starting to build that book of business and get going one of the things i'm always i'm very interested in uh for people thinking that hey man coaching's for me it's just really easy right i just put my shingle out and boom people come to me and then what i do is i just sit there and i go oh no tell me how you feel um no <laughs> okay make money Okay, that'll be uh, $10,000 for the month. So people just don't come to you. So tell me how you're attracting clients. No, and what are you doing to grow your business? They don't. And, you know, here's the thing about coaching. There are too many coaches out there that are trying to fix people. That's not what coaching is. Coaching is act, being having the ability to actively listen and ask good questions. Now, I'm a firm believer that everybody has the answer inside of them. Your job as a coach is to help guide them and ask deep enough questions that they can develop those answers and bring them out on their on your own. I, I, the one thing that I hate about the coaching industry is you got too many people that are that are out there trying to fix things, and then you you got some. Can, can I say they're weirdos? I mean, you do have some some. I, I prefer, watch your language there. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. Watch, well, I, I prefer wackadoodles. Wackadoodles. I was on a networking call one night and this lady goes, uh, she goes, Mike, I, I love working with men. I bring them out here to the farm and we go smoke. She, this is exactly what she, we go smoke um, dope. And then, you know, we come back and, and I'm like, yeah, that that's not at all what I do. Man, I've never been so turned off in all my life. And I'd have to say, if there's one thing about the coaching arena that, I mean, there's no, there, there, 
there's no way to filter anybody out. Like anybody can call themselves a coach. And yeah, I low, low say, barrier of entry to the title. Yeah, right? I always say do do your homework. And then but there's certification think, that you have to get, right? Well, you don't have to get any certification, but you know, the, the there it you know, I, I'm not looking at getting a certification. How am I differentiating myself? So one of the things that I do is and it was well, the podcast was a great way to differentiate myself right off the bat because I show up every week. As you guys know, anybody can start a podcast, but the average podcaster doesn't get past seven episodes because it turns out it's work. You know, Whoa. yeah, I did not know that. We're past that. <clears throat> so, hey, baby, we're actually coming up on 100. Mike's going to be in the 90s. I'm a, a slight, a slight, slight, slightly ahead of you there. I think I put out 106 today. Yeah, but, you're ahead of us. You yeah, know, but, well, I did not know that. Yeah, it's like seven episodes, but it's not very many episodes because, you know, they find out that there's work involved in it, and you know, and you don't immediately you don't immediately get a Spotify contract for Joe Rogan and get no, to Austin, no. Texas, with a hundred million dollars contract. <laughs> no, yeah, that that that's did hurt a little bit, didn't it, Chris? That but did. the beautiful yeah. thing that came out of that, you know, when you talk about networking, uh, Chris, is that you start meeting people and you. And it's awesome. You build these natural relationships. I've had some strategic partnerships come out of them. I have a very significant um, company that I'm working with right now um, that is, I don't even know where to begin with how big that that, uh, is, but um, the... Just by sitting behind a microphone, what happened was a lot of people were saying to me, what do you speak? So the, the natural thing is to become a speaker. But in my case, what happened was I had somebody ask, hey, would you like to be in a collaboration book? So hence this book over my shoulder called The Art of Connection. I had a couple of pages in there. The book went international bestseller. So you know now that's how I get to call myself an international bestselling author, right? So it's, yeah, I have some tips nice. on this for you, Chris. I can help oh, you out. So what you. happened was I yeah. started down the road of writing thanks, my own book. Yeah. I, I started down the road of writing my own book. In the middle of that, I had, um, this is how things work in the networking world. When you put yourself out there, people like attract likes, right? Um, so Jim Britt contacted me on LinkedIn. Jim Britt's, um, I considered one of the top 20 speakers of all time. And and um, he's a guy that found Tony Robbins, uh, where t- Tony Robbins got his start. Yep. Don't, and uh, I always thought it was Jim Rome. Well, so, Jim Jim Rome. Yeah, it was Jim Rome, and then uh, Jim Britt was Jim Rome's head sales guy. Ah, so they're all tied together, and so Jim called, reached out to me. Just for the record, that's called the Art of Connection. Uh, a little plug for the book. I'm just doing yeah, a little shameless yeah. plug for you. Well, so what? So here's another. Pretty so clever. what happened was, I out. was not looking for anything at that point. But Jim's like, how would you like to be a part of my collaboration book? You get a whole chapter. And so that book, Jim does it uh, along with Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank. And then Tony Robbins endorses that book. So I get a whole chapter in that book. My my book's going to be coming out on that in, um, uh, I believe, July is the last he said. So, And then my personal book that I've been working on probably towards the tail end of the year. But what I have found as a result of doing these books is you begin to differentiate yourself a little bit more. And then as a result of working on some of these topics, now they become speaking topics. And so I'm looking at how can we, you know, take that out and start doing 
um, more speaking, because quite honestly, guys, what I found is there's so many people, you know, well, what's your purpose? You lost your identity, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I have those all on my website too, but here's the problem. As you guys probably know, can come respect men don't like to ask for help. I mean, we will bleed out before we ask somebody for help. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Won't ask for help. Won't admit weakness. So we heard that earlier. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> you need some help. Um, um, no, I got, I'm good. You got I'm a good. mop? You got, you got a mop? mop? Yeah, you're right. No, you're so, right. So so what I what I that looked at because we redid the website and all this stuff, because everybody's like, Oh, you gotta know your customers' pain points, and you do. That's correct. However, I can't help you with a pain point unless you have some magic words that you want to say. Like, I need help. Help me. And so I, what I've been really working on a lot lately and what I, my chapter was dedicated to in um, uh, Jim Brick's book, uh, uh, The Rich Code, uh, is the power of asking for help. Huh. And because it's so critically important you know, to, to ask for help. A lot of guys don't do it out of shame, out of fear. Um, you know, we don't right. want to admit that we don't know what we don't know. Even as business owners, we do this in business all the time, right? You know, it, it, you don't want to admit that you don't know, but the reality is like, I'm weak on technology. Well, turns out you got to know technology pretty good. I mean, if you're going to do a podcast, you got to know how to do social media, et cetera, et cetera. I don't like social media and I can't figure it out. And now all of a sudden they're throwing all this AI stuff at me. And I don't even know what that means. You know, I like, what, what does that mean? How do oh, you beat that? I can explain. Uh, it's artificial intelligence. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Hey, I'm just cracking codes here, baby. That's all I'm doing. I'm, you know what? I'm breaking down barriers. No, I'm, I'm going to wield your brain like a club. Holy Chris. Crap. Come yeah. on. No, wow. but uh, you, uh, you hit on another thing and that the uh, power of asking for help is a small business owner. That's the one thing I learned uh, to ask for help. And then I realized I could ask for help from people who I thought were competitors. And when you talk to them, you find out they'll tell you everything. And then we had Dan Weidman on, who uh, clearly not a competitor based on the remodeling space, um, but uh, a great referral partner. But there's other guys like Dan out there that, you know, I will cooperate with, you know, and yeah. do some work, but I'll also compete with them in other areas. But yet we'll sit there and talk all day long about the troubles and how do you do these things. So the power of asking for help or just asking the right questions to get yep. good answers is so key. Well, yeah, but a lot of times you have to be invited in. That's an important part. And that's also an important part of coaching. You know, I commonly, um, even with people I know very, very well, I may ask them, do I have permission to speak into this? I mean, that's important because quite honestly, some people don't want you to speak into things. And all of a sudden, if you do, it may be an opinion that they don't want to hear. You know, and, and so isn't you know, that part of coaching though? Is it part of coaching? I, I mean, isn't that part of being a good coach is telling people what they don't want to hear? If you have permission to do that, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't just naturally pop off and go, "Well, you, you suck at podcasting today." Whoa. Uh -oh. 
Hey, that's a little too close to There's home. some more tires to slash, Chris. I know, right? You know yeah. what, Mike? I, you know, we work in Kennesaw, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have nail guns, if you know what I mean. Okay. Hmm? He okay. shot himself with it many times. Not many anymore. Times. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> that's true. You have the dog. <laughs> yeah. That's, no, that's, yeah. It, 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 it is a part of coaching if you have permission to go there. I mean, you just don't meet somebody randomly. I mean, you know, we live in a world right now where jokingly, my dad and I were having a conversation one night and he was just talking about how blunt everybody is, you know, these days. And I said, dad, do you remember when people used to talk behind your back? He goes, yeah. I'm like, now they just, you know, throw an F-bomb to your face, right? That's where we're at, you know, and, but in a coaching relationship, you know, it's all about guiding and trying to get it out of them. Are there times when you have to have hard conversations? Yes. But you also have to know who you're talking to and how to have it. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, I, I've, I have a very good friend that went through um, a very difficult time and I had to give him some very hard advice and I didn't hear from him for a couple of months. And he finally called me back and said, I apologize. I was wrong. So, uh, you know, it, it's uh, it's important to know who your audience is when you're uh, when you're speaking into them. Yeah, sure. that, that's true. I mean, coaching, it's obviously it's a one to one thing. Um, how do you find and how do you find coaching prospects? Is it the is the podcast uh, luring them in, as it were? Or? Well, isn't that isn't that the million dollar question? So, um, I the podcast is helpful because what I love about the podcast is for me, you know, we talk about a lot of a lot of different men's topics, um, how to be a better man, how to be a better father, um, how to be a better husband. Um, I even had uh, a lady on this week, Taryn Abrahams, and uh, we talked about how can how should men behave in a work in the workplace? You know, is it okay to open the door for a woman? Is it okay to compliment her on her hair or what she's wearing? You know, and and not uh, not have HR show up at your door? You know, how do you handle those things? And I, you know, I I think those are all important topics to 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 have. So I, I talk about a lot of different things. But the podcast allows people, it's that no light trust factor, right? If if I hear this guy um, and he sounds halfway competent, this may be somebody that I want to do business with. So the podcast becomes a great, uh, you can't, you know, way to, to get in front of people. Um, and I do the podcast on uh, voice and then I put the video out as well. So there's that. I think what I'm learning about authoring and the the potential of speaking is going to naturally, uh, you know, build my my audience. And just the, the the podcast thing is an art. I gotta say, you guys know this. I mean, and how you do it, and going out on other people's podcasts, um, you know, it's 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 all social media. Um, you know, having one on one conversations. I never stop talking about what I do uh, because it's really part of my goal is to impact the lives of a million men. If I can impact the lives of a million men, you know, I can impact their families. I can impact their communities. I can impact so much more than that. That's a and, pretty lofty number. That is a big number. I like that. I had another guy uh, on his podcast. He told me, he said, you know, my, my goal right now is to impact 10 million people. I said, that's huge. He goes, think about that for a minute. But even a million, I mean, just for a minute, just think about 
can you impact a million people? You know, I have 44 employees. We worked in over 15,000 houses in 15 years now. Uh, and I have not even scratched the surface on impacting a million people. We, you know, how, how will you know when you've done it? I, I'm sorry, what? How will you know when you've done it? <laughs> that's a gr- that's a great question. And what is well, oh, here? Here's here's how I'm gonna. Here's one way I'm gonna know. Um, one of the things that happened by doing a podcast was I connected and and uh, uh, built a strategic partnership with a uh, with a gentleman who's been working on a business model now for thirty some years. And um, it's way above what I had the possibility to do on my own. So, you know, I'm partnering with him and I'm partnering with other people because I can't get there on my own. I need the help of you guys. I need the help of, you know, somebody down the street. Um, I will know based on um, a wide range of numbers that, you know, I'm working on, whether it's with the podcast or whether it's speaking um, there's a lot of things I'm working on right now. Yeah, man, um, you are busy. I can, you can tell. Yeah. That's a lot shaking. So, um, as you put your brand out there, the true, and we're coming kind of towards the end of this, you put the true man podcast out there, you have your brand, uh, you, you were in, uh, two books, uh, two, con- uh, collaborative books. You are now the second person who has told me about that. Um, we had another guest uh, on who later on eventually uh, got into a book. Barbara Iosan, yeah. is also, it's, um, it's um oh boy I need to plug her book and we'll we'll stick it in the show notes but it's uh along with um Mike's stuff uh but it's collaborative it's basically women in business immigrant women in business oh wow that's because really good. she okay. came from Germany very, very niche right yeah. and so I thought that was cool but I love that so you got the podcast going obviously you're doing your local networking you're doing your book yeah you're doing your personal book you're doing another collaborative book it just seems like writing books is easy. It does seem easy. Oh my you, gosh! In fact, uh, I had somebody. I begged, ask me, to, I begged to differ. <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I just had somebody say, "Are you working on your second book?" I'm like, uh, "Not yet, there, big guy. I'm still waiting for the first one to take off from the zoo to the wild." Yeah, by the way, from the zoo. To the wild. <laughs> good, good insertion. Don't worry, I've, I've already got the commercial uh, commercials going with it anyway. But I'm kidding. Um, actually, I'm not. But I have a question. Yeah, go. Yeah, so I want to give our listeners a nugget from Mike. So I was looking through your website. Great website, by the way. Everybody should check it out. So you can plug it now if you want. And there was, uh, I think it was in the frequently asked questions or there's areas of weakness that you could self-identify. The the 12 challenges of men. Yes. And we came came to that. You know why we picked 12? Uh, Sounds biblical. There you go. It was very strategic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, one Does that mean that, that, that like 13 and 14 kind of got cut out because you always wonder that was it? Why is it only 12? You know, you they know, actually it, 13 did and 14. You're like, you know, guys, you didn't make not the cut. Cut. You're not Steve, making the cut. You're out. Steve, they, Steve. they actually <laughs> did. <Disciple> Steve, <laughs> Apostle Steve, you're gone. <laughs> in the, in the end, Chris, the reality is I could have gone all day. We picked the top 12 that we felt were there. Will I adjust over time? Probably. But again, I don't think that those are important as, you know, just the whole seed of asking for help, you know, yeah. somewhere in that scale of 12 men shake out. Alan well, knows. Yeah. The, this yeah, the one that, the one that caught me, Mike was confidence. And when you think about entrepreneurs, yeah. everybody that gets oh, in man. business, they're just brimming with it. And then the, at some point you have, or are this, they? well, <laughs> it could be false confidence, but you know, at some point you get this crisis of confidence. Yes. And then you, this is how highbrow 
of a man we're dealing with. He has a, <laughs> a Thoreau quote on his website. Whoa. Yeah. And so let me quote okay, uh, the mass of men live. Oh God, I can't remember writing. The well, mass like... of men live lives of quiet desperation. Yeah. And that's pretty pithy. So how let's give our readers a nugget. Let's talk about when you have that crisis of confidence, walk us through, how do you, you know, like Chris just said, you're an entrepreneur, you're by yourself. You don't have this network. I mean, what, yeah. you know, what can you say to people to help them get through that? You know, I, I, I know the crisis of confidence uh, intimately well, because it was something that I walked through in a while. I mean, here I was doing all this volunteer work. I felt like I was really high in demand. Um, felt like I was doing everything right. You know, I was, I was getting certifications, I was getting degrees and yet it felt like nobody wanted me. Right. And so my confidence suffered like, well, I must not be worthy to uh, be a W2 employee or something. And I went through quite a period where that was the case. And so did it have anything to do with my ability? No, I have the same knowledge, skills, and ability now that I did back then. I just internalized all those no's. And I think what it, what also happened during that period of time was I was feeling a lot more isolated. And this is something that I think small business owners and entrepreneurs happens to them a lot is they isolate themselves and they try to figure out everything on their own. You know, it, it could be because, you know, I don't know who to ask. I If I ask somebody, they're going to charge me an arm and a leg to get help, you know, and those are things that you have to weigh the risk and the reward on. But again, I think it goes back to asking for help. If you're isolating yourself and you don't know what the answers are to get your business to the next level, you're not going to succeed. Yeah, I think that the, the, here's the next takeaway I'd say there is that if you're listening to this and you're like, nah, I, that's just not me. I can't do it. it. It needs to be you. I mean, get outside of your comfort zone. You hear that so often. I'm yeah. doing that with the, my sales process at our company right now. We're actually revamping i wouldn't say totally revamping it but definitely getting my guys uh in there so we brought a sales coach in right uh to work with us and uh he he said here here's a line i want you guys to work on it and he says you know go ahead and try it i i, I tried it with a customer i mean i absolutely fumble fucked that shit out of <laughs> i mean it was the worst I I'm like, and i'm a good salesman and i was like oh my god this was so bad i had to come back and just re, 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 regroup and like I, I almost had to apologize. I'm like, I'm that sounded so bad. And I came back and told him that story, and he just started dying. He said, "I meant role play it." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> don't do it live." You know what's oh. funny, Chris? I when I first started down the entrepreneurial trail, I thought, "Well, I'm going to help people, you know, with these simple one-page business plans and help them get." What I found is, and that th that was not a good fit for me. That was not a good fit for me, uh, per se. And there are a lot of business coaches, a lot of business consultants out there, and they there a lot of sales coaches out there, and they do a great job. But here's what I found fits for me. Those people can come in and put an amazing system in your business. But if you're the type of person who hasn't looked in the mirror and done the deep work on yourself, I don't give a damn what system they put in there. I mean, if you think the world sucks, it sucks. Yeah, so right. it doesn't matter what the sales process is, because as you guys know, especially in, when you get into sales and customer service, if you have a shitty attitude, you're going to pass that on to your customer and then you're done. Now you lost the customer. 
And so, you know, so much of what we do is about our attitude and how we carry ourselves. And, you know, so much of us, we all are wounded. We're all wounded people. We all have some kind of baggage going on. Do something about it. Take action on it. You don't have to live like that. And there's a better way to live. And, you know, you can, you can overcome anything. That's why I love comeback stories and pivot points and second chances, because they give people hope in a world right now where it doesn't feel like we have a whole lot. I, I don't know why we did this. We flipped. Uh, I know why we were watching a show and the news came on last night. And I think the first 10 minutes were dedicated to who's killing who. Right. And, and we were sitting there looking at each other going, why are we watching this? You know, and if that's what you're watching, you know, how are you going to have a happy life? There's no way you could be a great business owner and, and watch that kind of hoo-ha. All, you all can't. That, that's a great point. Cause I, I heard this uh, from another guy who said, uh, 30 minutes of negative news turns into an entire day of you trying to unwind and get that out of your head. Yeah. 30 minutes of negative thinking mm-hmm. and not negative. I said news. He said negative thinking. It, it's a proven point that it takes you the entire day to unwind that negative 30 minutes. If you do, if you spend a full 30 minutes, just no question, nothing, but self-doubt talk, self-negative talk, your entire day, you're trying to regroup and get rid of it. And by the time you're back to a place you got to do, it's time to go to bed. Hmm. And I was like, but that's a great, well, and here's a mistake. I recently heard a, a, they were a story about a guy, they were doing a study on him and he said his best, most relaxing 30 day, 30 minutes of his day were when he was watching the news. Now, interestingly enough, they were monitoring his heart rate and his stress rate. And during that time period, that was his highest level of stress. And they were like, they measured him throughout the day, but he, he said that was the most relaxing period, but yet they were running these tests on him and it proved false. It was actually the most stressful part of the day. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it sounds so cliche. You are what you eat. You are what you watch. You are what you read. You are who you surround yourself with. So you better be careful. I agree. You've got to be thoughtful and purposeful on it. That's great. All right, Mike, we're coming to the end and we've got to go. Uh, First, I wanted to do is uh, let's pitch the uh, website and um, the books. Let's get that out there. We'll put this all in the show notes. And if we uh, say it, so the website is truemanlifecoaching.com. There you go. And And the podcast, uh, True Man Podcast. True Man Podcast. I actually, if you go to True Man Podcast, it'll take you right to my website. I'm on all major channels, but we did. Um, see now there's a, a, a little, for anybody who's getting into podcasting, take your, uh, make it a URL and put it on your website. So, um, you know, little business trickery there We're we're actually, we redid the website and we're building it out to add more stuff. So we keep people on the website there. That's how you do that business All right. on your website. Stickiness. All right. Yeah. Uh, and then the books. So you can find uh, the book that I'm working on is actually listed on my website. And that that's something that we're, we're um, I'm still working on the cracking the rich code. I don't have that promotional uh, uh, information at the time of uh, this podcast because um, we don't know when the book's coming out yet. Nice. Well, good. Well, this has been enjoyable, but I've got to go to our now top four questions. Alan, you act like it's so new. It's not so new. <laughs> it's not new. No, it's always no. been four. Well, okay. Let's recommend a book for our listeners who are thinking about starting a business or new in business. 
You know, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to an old faithful because I was just looking at this book the other day uh, and found a, a lovely little note in there from my uh, daughter. She couldn't. She must have been five or six when she wrote it because uh, she called me uh, Dit, not Dad. Um, but uh, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership from John Maxwell is an oldie but a goodie. And I just had that Beauty. one probably sitting behind me on the bookshelf back there. As you can see, I'm not. I uh, if you're watching this on video, I have no shortage of books around here. But that one is an oldie but goodie. Um, I like that one. I have that same book. But I love it. They do make you look smarter because we've got just bourbon bottles behind us. Right. You've got all these books. We're in the bar, baby. We're in the bar. The bourbon bottles are off to the side. (laughs) And and empty. But we'll keep going. All right. Next question. (laughs) Number B. B. And uh, we have four-part questions. And so, B, what is your favorite feature of your house? You know, it's kind of funny you would ask. We just got done with about a six-month remodel on on our house. When we bought the house a couple of years ago, it needed to be updated. But I have to say the keeping room uh, is probably the, uh, our most favorite part of the house. It's just, uh, um, it's just a very comfortable place to hang out and uh, watch a Braves game. And nice. uh, have a couple of drinks, maybe. Right. Hey, I know about that. And go Braves. Love that. Yeah. We're having a good season. 2023. This might be another one. We'll see what happens. Going (laughs) to stay healthy. Going to a couple games. Got to stay healthy. Yeah. But uh, definitely a fun thing for me to do. All right. The next question is when you're out there getting customer service, you know, you're out there, maybe going to a restaurant, you maybe you're going to, oh boy, he's already. So give us a customer service pet peeve of yours because we are customer service freaks. Let's go. Man. It, well, you brought up restaurants. Put a smile on your face. Say hello. Talk to me. Build a relationship. That's where great salespeople are born, being waiters and waitresses. And so many people just like walk up to the table. Hi, I'm Jim. I'm your server tonight. <laughs> right. Jim's not going to get the same tip as... Hey, my name's Rachel. How are you guys doing today? Where are you guys from? Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Wow, Rachel. I'm going to tip you more. I like you. All right. You're right. I love that. Put a smile on your face. We actually tell our ladies in the office to smile when the phone rings. So when that phone rings, they can they can hear that smile. You can hear it through the phone. That's right. Absolutely. That that phone call right there, when those people come in and they're, you know, thinking about your service, that's the first person they hear. That is the first and best representation of your your company and if somebody's if somebody's not on it it sets a really bad expectation right yes, off the bat 100%. all right now this is our favorite one my favorite one and we want a diy nightmare story i don't want to hear about beer bottles busting in your buddy's yard basement it was a cement floor we're going to get over that no feral cats no feral cats i want i want fire i want water i want mayhem i want locusts i want something we have had our share of issues since we bought the house, but I, I, I'll give you water. Oh man, uh, here here we go. We were in the house two weeks, and we had a backup uh, from the um, uh, a master bedroom or ensuite, if I'm being uh, politically uh, correct. And uh, <laughs> and uh, ensuite. So. Uh, the guy comes out, he takes care of, he says, I don't even know why he said he's like, this happens again. We might have to do a little digging on the outside. So 
two weeks later, we get the backup again. He goes, man, we got to start digging. Something's not, something's not right here. So we've been in the house less than a month and, um, the, the, uh, uh, pipe leaving the house and, uh, the, uh, are you on sewer or are you on city su- sewer? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, sewer or septic sewer sewer. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so here we go. so he, they start digging and the, the pipe is basically collapsed. It's laying on the ground. And um, so we have to replace that. And then we just continue to have these toilet problems. And this guy comes over. Maybe you need to eat more fiber. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that was our thought initially. That was definitely what the. The plumber plumber said, I'd recommend a new diet. Uh, full fiber. So he comes. Yeah, they come. He comes over and he takes the, the toilet off and then he set it back down. He didn't follow you guys. He didn't fully. He he told us not to use it. Okay. My son's bathroom's immediately above us, and he starts taking a shower. And I don't know what happens. The I'm up here in my office. I come downstairs, and there's water all over the bathroom floor. So everything that came from his shower came up the toilet and all over the bathroom floor and down into the basement. And anyway, um, that's a good one. That was that was a bad one just because you I mean, know I mean it's a matter he, of perspective. Chris. Yeah, it's a matter, well, you know, it's like the kids today. That's sick. Well, no, that, no, that's good. No, that's what it means, Dad. That's what I meant. That's good. It, no, it's bad. I mean, it's a good nightmare DIY story. Yeah, it it uh I, I'm just gonna say that um company uh and I went with them, right? Because here's the challenge when you use certain companies and now all of a sudden you know you have something in your house and they warranty warranty it for a year so you keep calling them back the problem is every time i've had a problem in the house i've had to call them back two or three times um now everything's calmed down they're done <laughs> all right that's great this has been fun we've uh, enjoyed this mike uh you, you picked you picked a lot of stuff up here number one if you're going to go to arkansas go when you're going for national championships <laughs> Uh, yeah. Right. That's if you're in Spartanburg, thing. go to and the beacon. If you're going to Spartanburg, go to the beacon. Or maybe it's more about, you know, find your true purpose. If you're lost, if you're doing it, ask for help. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's it's all right. It's okay. Absolutely. You can even ask us for help. You can ask Mike for help. But this has been great. Keep making it a great day. Keep going up that mountaintop. Burning your own business is hard. I just got done talking with some other folks the other day. Remember, man, one out of 10 businesses succeed. One out of 10. Yeah. And we just heard only the average podcaster only makes seven episodes and so if you're listening to this you're actually up in the 90s with us which we're always going to be behind mike because he's at 109 he let us know about that and he's an international bestseller bestseller. i heard that too but don't worry i i'm gonna have a little self-talk with myself after this and it will be all negative no i'm just kidding we're gonna make it positive quote throw I'm going to quote throw. here we go thanks again for coming here this was awesome let's get out of here let's go make it happen everybody cheers take care